Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, March 26th. Want to talk about one of the bigger storylines that emerged in the early parts of the 2020 season. Now, we are all well aware play suspended on both the ATP and WTA tours through June 8th, and we don't know if that's going to be the final date. We don't know if it's going to extend longer than that, but we did get to see a solid two months of action, and there was plenty of storylines that emerged, so I want to explore one of those bigger ones today and talk about Elena Rybakina who was certainly one of the early season breakthrough stars on the WTA Tour and really just in tennis in general. She worked her way all the way up to a new career high in the ranking. She's at number 17. You look at the live WTA race, which again is really just who accumulated the most points through the first two months of the season. The 20-year-old's all the way up at number five, and I think that's a justified place for her to be because she was really that good during this 2020 season. You look at her record overall. I mean, just a ridiculous start to her year. She sits right now with a record of 21-4. and She won a title on the year. Again, she worked her way all the way up to a career high of number 17. It's such an impressive start, and I want to explore why it's a notable thing, why this is something we should have expected. You know, is this something we should have expected from her? Is this a fluke? Um, Or is this something we should expect her to be? A constant presence in the top 20, maybe even the top 10 as she moves forward in her career. But before I can do all of that, I have to remind you listeners, today's podcast, as these mini breaks always are, brought to you by our friends at Diadem Sports. And look, uh, not many of us are going to have opportunities. You know, we're all self-quarantining. Westoff, give me a rewind sound effect. That's my new thing. Instead of just asking him to cut it, I'm just going to ask for a rewind sound effect so you guys get a live look at how my brain has slowly turned to mush. Uh, But... As there's not going to be a live tennis, uh, a lot of live tennis, we are all self-quarantining, doing our best to stay safe, stay healthy, and get through this coronavirus as quickly and efficiently as possible. Uh, It's still great for us to know that our friends at Diadem Sports support us, and they've continued to create products that when we all get back to playing tennis each and every day or however frequently we can in our daily lives, that they've got the product for us, their rackets, helping tennis players across the globe elevate their game by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet. You know their rackets by now. The beautiful Aqua Blue Elevate 98 based on precision and control. They've also got their all black stick, the Nova 100, for those who need a little explosive power and want to play big. And you know what they say look big, feel big, play big. Uh, and the Nova 100, the perfect racket for that. But look, it, their game, uh, their rackets are developed with your performance in mind and they're carefully crafted for specific types of playing styles. Uh, as I mentioned, you could be a chip and charger. Uh, Jamie Chips, he doesn't charge, but I like to chip and charge. 
charge. Max Rothman likes to play big. They've got it for a wide variety of games, and they've got the string technology for you as well. Five different types. Let's run through them real quick. The Solstice Power, the Elite XT, the Flash, the Evolution, and of course the Impulse. And I'll tell you this, if you go to their website right now, diadimsports.com, you plug in our promo code CR50 to get 50% off your order, it will not be an impulse purchase. It'll be something that wears well. Uh, Certainly you'll have enough string uh, if you want to try a new racket as well to get you through this stretch of time and you can also get a can of Diadem Premier Tennis Balls. You can get their drawstring bags. I am currently rocking my Diadem hoodie. I think I've worn it three out of the past four days simply because it's so comfortable and enjoyable. And I really do uh, enjoy having it here. I enjoy it's just soft. It, it, I'm a hoodie guy. I like to be comfortable. You know, I get to work from home now, and uh, that's a pleasure for me. So I get to stay in my pajamas all day, my sweatpants. Couldn't tell you the last time I put on jeans, but uh, I, I'm awfully comfortable in my diadem gear and again we are so grateful for their continued support it allows us to continue to make these mini break podcasts continue to do all the fun content things we like to do at cracked racket so diademsports.com use the promo code cr50 get 50 percent off your order also have to give a shout out to our patreon follower of the day and this is an easy one for me and you know for this patreon um subscriber i guess is the word we'll go with We've had our beefs over the years. He's a guy who, uh, you know, we fought, we've clawed at one another. Certainly there have been some swings I regret. Um, you know, he's a guy who's very hairy um, and a little bit scary. And if you cross his path, you should be wary. But he is a role model in my life, someone I've been so fortunate to have in you know as my older brother. And that, of course, is Patreon subscriber Eric Gruskin, who... You know, supports me in all of my endeavors. I joke around. He's my, our little brother's sugar daddy. Well, he certainly could. I could make that argument for me as well. Just his support. For, you know, whether it's material, whether it's just uh, the emotional support he provides. It's. I, I can only hope all of you out there, all of our listeners, have a, an older brother as or an older sibling as just wise and thoughtful and kind and loving. Is my older brother Eric, and all of the bad jokes you hear, that's because my whole life I just wanted to make jokes because I wanted to make him laugh because if I made him laugh he wouldn't be yelling at me about stuff I'd be doing wrong and so uh, some of my habits I suppose are built up for that over the years but Eric I love you thank you so much for your continued Patreon support I love all of you Patreons but I feel like it rings a little bit truer Uh, that's not true I love you all equally that's just the type of person I am but Eric thank you for your continued support that was me blowing a kiss through the mic, and I'm sorry you all had to experience that, but something I know you all enjoyed experiencing, the topic of today's podcast. Oh, and by the way, if you want to go check out our Patreon, become a subscriber, go to patreon.com backslash cracked rackets. A lot of cool content on there that's Patreon exclusive, and you get sneak peeks to a bunch of different things, uh, and thank you to all of you out there, and again, we'll continue these shout-outs every Tuesday and Thursday on the mini break, so more of you can expect them coming in the near future. That being said, again, Something I know we have all enjoyed during this 2020 season is the emergence of Elena Rybakina. And to clarify, it's not Rybakina. I know it's spelled R-Y-B-A-K-I-N-A, but she made that clear. It is not Rybakina. Uh, But for the player who has represented Kazakhstan since 2018, the question I want to explore today is this, uh, you know, did she just play really, really well uh, through the first two months of 2020? Or is this something we should continue to expect to see from her as she moves on throughout the course of her career? And for those of you who don't know, Rybakina reached as high as number three in the world in the juniors. Uh, She is a 
former, I believe, Australian Open junior semifinalist in singles. She also made the quarterfinals of the juniors girls event at the U.S. Open. Uh, you look at what she accomplished during, oh, semifinalist in, at both Australian Open and Roland Garros in 2017, and that was really her best year. She went 32-11 and 11 <clears throat> on the ITF junior circuit. Um, and I mean, anyone who has that sort of success in the juniors, and you know, there are so many players who have had success in the juniors who it hasn't translated to the pros, but you have to take notice because she did it across multiple surfaces. I suppose grass a little bit less so than the rest, but she did it on the clay. She went 18-3 and three that year in junior events. She went 14-7 and seven on the hard courts in junior events. It was very clear. I mean, you've watched her play. You see how explosive she is from the forehand, from the backhand wings, uh, how confident she is playing big in the biggest moments. It's so clear that she doesn't fear much, if anything. And I mean, that success has translated right away onto the professional circuit. You talk about her 2017 season. Uh, She rose all the way up in the rankings, I believe, uh, to, let's see here, in the rankings, she got all the way up to number 420, which again, 2017, she was 17 years old. So that shows this type of season she had. Uh, No, she didn't win any WTA titles during that stretch. But, you know, in terms of on the ITF circuit in 2017, she made her first 25k final uh, in June of that season. She also made one in uh, 10k finals in 2015 and 2016. But the ascent continued from there. Uh, she had double success in 2017 as well, by the way. But you know, after that point, you talk about what she was able to accomplish. Things just kept getting better and better and better. By the end of 2018, she had gotten all the way up in the rankings inside uh, the top 400. Obviously, all the way up inside the top two. 200 to number 175 uh, was her highest ranking that year. She ended the year at number 191. Uh, but she had more success on Pro Tour. You look at, again, what she accomplished that season. She made uh, she won her first ITF title that year at the 15K level in March of 2018. Made another final at the 60K level, the first of her career at that level, uh, in Istanbul in, in, again, April of 2018. Uh, so she continued to have more and more success. And you talk about the top 10 wins she uh, achieved over her career. She got her first top 10 win in that 2018 season. She knocked off Caroline Garcia, who was number seven at the time, four six seven six seven six. And so, you know, again, she was, what, 18 years old that season, and you talk about uh, you get a top 10 win when you're 18 years old, we're all going to take notice. And, you know, in terms of at the ITF level in 2018, that year, she and just in general, not just WTA events, she went 31 and 22, you know, seven and nine on clay wasn't great, but she went 24 and 12 on hard court. She continued to show she excelled across multiple surfaces. Flash forward to last season. And I mean, she earned 57 wins in total last year. Again, she went 57 and 21. Now you talk about the titles she won uh, in 2019. By the way, she got her another top 10 win over Simona Halep at the Wuhan Open towards the end of the year. Of course, though, Halep in that match, it was a 5-4 retiring uh, from Halep. So take it with a grain of salt. But, you know, in that 2019 season, what was she able to do? She, in terms of singles, she made four finals. She made a 25K final at the start of January. She lost to Kalinskaya. 
Andrea, obviously another talented player. But then she won a title in February, her first 60K title. She won 225Ks in March. And from there, she was rocking and rolling. You talk about the ranking she ended with last year. She got all the way up to number 36 and ended the year, you know, to go from top 200, number 191 at the end of 2018 to number 37 uh, at the end of 2019. That's a significant jump. And, you know, that's the sort of steady progression you expect out of players that we're going to see uh, make deep runs and excel and continue to raise their level of play throughout their time. And I apologize, our dog Quavo going in right now on his food bowl. So you may hear that in the background. He has picked that up. I think that's his way of saying he's hungry. I feel like these Quavo tidbits are great on the mini break moving forward. So I do apologize for those of you who have heard that. But uh, to get back to Ryba Kenna, who is clearly hungry to keep moving on the rankings. Hey, great shot to me. That's how you work a segue back in. Again, 57 wins last year. That that that's exceptional. Uh, it, it it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. If you're having that sort of success, you know, 57 and 21, she had three titles on the year, so let's say she played 24 events. Uh, she's averaging at least two wins an event, and that's how you get inside the top 50. Now, you know, in terms of her records across surfaces, I think that's the thing that's most impressive. She goes 7-2 and two on grass, which it's not that big of a portion of the year, so that's solid. 15-6 and six on clay, again, really good. And then 35-13 and 13 on hard courts. And if we've seen anything through the start of 2020, it's how proficient she is on a hard court. Her forehands, her backhands, just ability, her serve to hit through the court, it's exceptional. And I mean, let's talk about, you know, her results from this season because, again, they've really been that good. You start at the beginning of the year in Shenzhen. She beat players like Elise Mertens in three sets. She beat players like... Uh, she beat a, Shui, uh, a excuse me a Sai Sai Zhang uh, in that first round in three sets. She beat uh, the other Pliskova, Christina Pliskova, two and five, and then you know lost in that final to Alexandrova. But that was her first, I believe, uh, WTA level final of her WTA level. Excuse me, when I say WTA level, what I mean to say is you know that was her first. Oh, it wasn't her first. Excuse me, last year in 2019 she got her first ATP t- uh, ATP first WTA international title. At Bucharest, she made another final in uh, Jiangxi in the Open, Jiangxi Open in Nanchang uh, in September on the hard courts. By the way, that Bucharest Open title came on clay. So again, multi-surface success uh, for Elena Rybakina. But then, you know, she starts her year international final in Shenzhen. Elects to play the next week because when you're 20 years old and you've got fresh legs, why not use them? And I mean, she goes on to a, a title that next week in Hobart now. You know, two of her wins came against players who at the time were ranked outside the top 100, although given that her semifinal win came against Heather Watson, who ended up winning in Acapulco, that's a really good stretch. And look, she knocked off Alize Cornette in that match. She knocked off Tamara Zidanzik. And then in the final, she knocked off Shui Zhang, 7-6-6-3, to bring home that title. And, you know, even if she would have stopped there, she probably would have been one of the notable performers thus far in 2020. But no, her level of play continued on through the Australian Open and into February. You know, she took care of, I think it was the first time she was ever seated at a Grand Slam at that Australian Open. And, you know, she held seed. She lost 3-2 and two to Barty in the round of 32. But 
nothing wrong with that performance. That's really impressive. And then, you know, she goes to St. Petersburg. That's a premier level event. And she knocks off players like Sinyakova, like Farrow, like uh, Maria Sakari in a three-set semifinal battle. Now she lost in that final to Kiki Burton's one in three. Uh, but that's exceptional tennis from Rybakina. And then, you know, for her to go to Dubai, again, that would be Dubai was her fifth event of the year through February. Dubai happened on February 23rd. Uh, February 17th, and she had already played five events through six weeks of the season, uh, and she made another final. She knocked off this time, certainly the best tournament of her career, number seven, uh, Sofia Kennan, number uh, two, Karolina Pliskova, and then she knocked off Petra Marcic, six and six in the semifinals to advance to, uh, to the final against Simona Halep, and for those of you who don't remember that match, Simona Halep there, 3-6, winner. Ryba kind of had chances. She went up a first set. She had, you know, multiple chances in that third set because when she's playing big, when she's hitting her hardest, she can just, she can hit anyone off the court. And then, you know, for her to play the next week in Qatar, which is crazy that Qatar happened about a month ago. It feels like it's been six years since that happened, obviously, given all of the off-the-court stuff we're all going through. Uh, but she won two matches there. She beat Kirstea. She beat Van Utvenik. And she withdrew before a rematch against Ashley Barty in the round of 16, which at the time, given that we thought, okay, she definitely needs some rest before Miami, before the Indian Wells portion of the Sunshine stretch uh, was about to begin. You know, that made a lot of sense in the moment. Um, and she just, I mean, again, she played what through, she played six events through seven weeks. Her record, as I mentioned off the top, uh, 21 and four, just ridiculous. She has been that good, folks, through this first portion of the year. And it seems really legitimate. I mean, you look at what she's done this season uh, in terms of her statistics. She's making 61% of her first serve. She's winning 70% of those points, 52% of her second serve points, which we've talked about how important that is in the women's game. Uh, But she's also dominating on opponent's second serve. She's winning 54% of those points, 36% of her first serve return points as well, which means a 43% about in total. I mean, that's nuts. She's converted 45% of the break points she's had as well. She's just, she's been exceptional. And again, you talk about the long-term trends. Look at the live rankings right now. Let's look at the players under the age of 23. Uh, I'm going to go actually under the age of 24, just so that we can include uh, Ashley Barty in that as well. But right now in the rankings, it's Ashley Barty and Sophia Kennan, who are Grand Slam, and Bianca Andreescu, the top three under the age of 24. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Belinda Bencic, number four right now in the rankings. And that, again, she had such a good 2019, so that makes a lot of stretch. She's been a top player for a while. Uh, Naomi Osaka, two-time Grand Slam champion. You have five players, by the way, under the age of 24 in the top 10. That's nuts. Uh, Sabalenka, who was getting hot as well. Um, at the end, of the, you know, she had just won a big event as well. Uh, and then Elena Rybakina, the number seven player under the age of 24 right now at number 17 in the rankings. And that feels about right. She's put herself alongside of the Von Drusovas, who made you know the French Open final last year. Donna Vekic, Diana Yastremska, Karolina Mukova, Amanda Anisimova, uh, Kudermatova, Ostapenko, Buskova, Svitek, co- uh, all 16 players under the age of 24 inside the top 50. That feels about right. And I, I think Rybakina has certainly, you see her game again, how powerful she is from the ground. She moves well. She's confident, fearless. She plays to win, not not to lose, which you know means she's aggressive in the biggest moments. It feels really legit. 
it feels like this is the slow ascension. And again, she's 20 years old. So let's go to players under the age of 21 right now. Andrescu, the 19-year-old U.S. Open champion last year. We all know how quite, you know, skilled and talented she is. She's the number one player under the age of 21. Guess who's number two? Elena Rybakina sitting at number 17. And then Von Drusova, number three. Three under 21-year-olds inside the top 20. Ryba kind of belongs in this group. She's been there her whole life. Again, she was a number three junior in the world. She made two semifinals at the Junior Slams in one season. She's someone who isn't afraid of pressure, who isn't afraid of expectations, and she's been that exceptional throughout this early portion of the 2020 season. And again, it's this slow ascension. She's worked her way up the rankings. She's improved each and every year. She starts by winning a 25K title. Then she wins her first international event last year. Now this year, a couple of titles at the international, or, or excuse me, a, a title at the international level and a couple of finals at the premier level. It, it Every checkmark you want to hit along the pathway of your early career, she has continued to do so. So, you know, she is the storyline of 2020. Certainly, if we're robbed of tennis for the rest of the year, which again, I think it's more important to stay healthy and safe and, remo- and you know, not worry about tennis this year. And, you know, if we have to reset, refocus in 2021, that's fine. And certainly for Elena Rybakina, it sucks that we are robbed of getting to see her play the Sunshine Duo. Um, but, it, what an exceptional start to uh, an, an exceptional talent for uh, what an exceptional start for an exceptional talent to what I believe is going to be an exceptional career. And so Elena Rybakina, one of the biggest storylines emerging thus far in 2020. But that's today's mini break topic. Uh, if you want to hear more content today, I know our interview with Chris Woodruff, the former ATP top 30 player and current head coach for the men's Tennessee men's volunteers. Uh, he's a former NCAA single champion from Tennessee as well. Uh, that podcast released on the Cracked Interviews pod. I know we've got some fun stuff coming up on the GSP as well. A series we're calling CR Classics. Westoff currently editing that video as we speak. I see him in the background doing so. Uh, that should be ready for you all shortly, and that's a really fun one. Not going to give it entirely away, but I think the name CR Classics speaks for itself, so be on the lookout for that on the Great Shot podcast feed. But more importantly, you want to see the video uh, content that Westhoff's producing. He turned that into a video as well with highlights of what we're talking about. So be sure to go check out our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe as soon as we get to 1,000 on that subscriber count on YouTube. I'll stop asking because I know uh, we all have a, uh, you know, I'm sure it gets annoying. But come on, it's three clicks, folks. So go check that out. And, of course, like, rate, subscribe, review all of our podcasts. This one, Cracked Interviews, the Great Shot Podcast. Share them with your friends. We're all starved for tennis content. There's no matches for us to watch. I know Tennis Channel right now running back there uh, or running their top 100 players of all time. That's been really entertaining. Happy to talk about that list as well if you want my thoughts on it uh, at a later date. But, uh, you know, it's a weird time, certainly, as tennis fans. And so we, of course, appreciate all the support. So many of you continue to give us our Patreon subscribers as well as anyone who follows us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all at Cracked Rackets in case you don't. And, again, if you need a momentary distraction during your day, feel free to message me at GreatShotPod. I brought one of them up already, but shout out out to our super producers Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff for the f- of an editing job they continue to do day in day out it's easy for me to sit here and talk for 20-25 minutes I do that anyways as Patreon subscriber of the day Eric Gruskin could tell you I'm known for my monologues and in, in fact you know back in the day I used to just rant at my dad until he would say Alex 
Alex, shut the f*** up. Because that's how I know I was doing my job and keeping him entertained. And it was an affectionate F-bomb. He wasn't saying it in a rude way. He's saying, okay, Alex, that's enough. I just, I don't need to hear from you anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, we really appreciate all the support we can get. So a huge thank you to all of you. And of course, one last shout out to our friends at Diadem Sports. Go to their website, diademsports.com. Use the promo code CR50. They're kind enough to support us. The least we can do is ask you listeners to support them as well. Also, be sure to go check out our friends at Aerobar. Use that promo code CRACK30 to get all of your tennis energy bar needs fulfilled. It's the only tennis-specific energy bar out there, and they're delicious. So be sure to go get yourself a box and order them a great quick meal in a pinch if needed. But for our friends at Diadem Sports and Aerobar, for our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. That's the break, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.